right, we are back. I'm Janine. This is KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Get the Funk Out Show. Standing by is Adam Shell, producer of the documentary Pursuing Happiness. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello there. Hi. So I have two of you. You want to introduce yourselves? Uh, I am Adam Shell. I am the director and producer of uh, Pursuing Happiness. Okay. I am Nicholas Kraft. I am the producer and Adam's henchman on Pursuing Happiness. <laughs> His henchman. <laughs> so but not an evil henchman, a very sweet and, and lovable henchman. Oh, that's good. Yeah, very lovable. We don't want any evil henchmen on the show this morning. No, 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 no evil terrible, henchmen. It's a terrible stereotype of I henchmen. Know. So tell me, how did the two of you come up with the whole notion of this film and pull <clears throat> this all together? Well, it actually came, uh, it came up several years ago for me. You know, I, w- I had made a, another film and, uh, previously that toured a bunch of film festivals, and during that process I was thinking about what kind of film I wanted to make next. Mm-hmm. And it just occurred to me that there was so much, there were so many films, and not only films but media, about things that were going wrong in the world, you know, there was, you know, there was kind of in the era of 2008, and, you know, everything was crashing down, and it just felt like this overwhelming amount of doom and gloom, and I really wanted to focus my energy on something that was right in the world, Um, and I was like, there was, there just seemed to be a lack of content in that area, and so the idea came to me of like, well, what if I make a movie about the happiest people in the country and see what they're doing right um, and kind of just go on this journey to find them and search them out and discover what happiness is and what it is to us today and, and how we can kind of focus our energy in that direction. Oh, it's great. And there were a whole team of people behind this film. I mean, you interviewed people some very intellectual people with research backgrounds, is that correct? Yeah, we, um, there, so there were two angles to the film that I wanted to cover. You know, this industry of happiness has been booming for the last 15 years, and, you know, every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so part of the angle that I wanted to cover was the happy people and see, you know, just how people are living it right. But the other side of it was the, you know, the research and the education and all the stuff that we're learning on the technical side of happiness, uh, because there's so much knowledge out there that is beyond what we've ever had in history. And so I was super fascinated by all that. And so one of the things we did is we reached out to, you know, professors and scientists and, uh, you know, just authors and bloggers and all these kind of people that are contributing to this positive psychology industry, um, you know, and the industry of happiness. And uh, so I wanted to hear what they had to say. And I wanted to use that as kind of the you know, the juxtaposition, not necessarily juxtaposition, but the support for the happiest people. So Mm -hmm. when we discovered somebody that was doing something, you know, that was really making them happy, we could bring in a little bit of the science and the the technical information to kind of support that or show why that works and how that is effective. It sounds like this... You know, I I was just going to elaborate on that briefly, which is our, our hope for the film and our our goal was to marry these two elements. Uh, you know, there's no shortage of information out there, and, and either they're self-help books or they're interesting TED Talks or they're academic papers that hit you on an intellectual level. Mm-hmm. But really, I think we've both thought that where great change comes from is when you something affects you on an emotional level. Right. So to tie those two things together, to the emotion of I'm, I've fallen in love with this person who you have met 
and I, they are so inspiring to me. And then either preface that or come out of that with, well, this is, you know, what it is. And it's not so, you know, here's the point, now we're going to see it. Here's the point. It's not that structured, but, you know, we're blending these two elements to really have a large impact um, on audiences. Were there some things that you uh, discovered in this, all this research that were surprises about the power of happiness? You know, it's, it's interesting because when I set out on this, on this journey, I was like, you know, happiness is one of the most important things in life. You know, when you're happy, you feel good, you, you want to do things, you want to be productive, and, when, and vice versa, when you're feeling good and you're productive, you're kind of automatically happy. Mm-hmm. And so it was really my goal was to learn, like, okay, well, how can we get from these places of despair or anxiety or feeling down and blue back to a place of happiness. How does that work? Because that seems where we all get stuck a lot of times where something bad happens or, you know, and then how do we get back to that place of happiness? And I think for me, one of the greatest discoveries was was meeting so many people that have gone through some really, really traumatic experiences and hearing about their journey and hearing how they rebounded or how they kept their, you know, their level of happiness high during the process and the things that they did to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really the greatest lesson for me was, you know, when things go wrong, here are the things that you can do. And listen, not every single one of them works for every single person, right. but we got enough of them and experienced enough of them that, you know, it kind of gives this really great lesson of how you get back to this place of happiness when bad things happen. Because they happen. They, they do. They we, do happen. You know, hard and, to avoid it. Yeah. And, you know, I got to share with you this show, Get the Funk Out. I mean, who hasn't been in a funk? And then the trick is, <laughs> how do you get out of that funk? Because there's, you know, funks from careers and relationships, and you just you feel lost. And, and I feel like the answer is not in a prescription bottle from your doctor. It's, it's something deeper. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, is, it is deeper. And that's, you know, that's what we discovered. You know, one of our. Uh, interviewees and one of the characters in the film, she was um, battling stage four colon cancer for the whole time. You know, we're doing this and we're watching this experience, and and she is one of the greatest inspirations in the film because her attitude was never, "Oh my God, I've got this disease, my life's over." Mm-hmm. It it was almost like, "Oh my God, I got this disease, my life is beginning." Really, and the things wow. that she accomplished while battling this disease and the things that she did as opposed to the things that she did before were just remarkable and she you know there's there's this great line that she says where she says you know if you gave me a magic wand and said you could take away my cancer you could take away my diagnosis you could take away everything that's happened to me and put me right back to where i was i would tell you do not wave that wand because the life that I've created for myself since this diagnosis, since this disease, is the life that I want to live. And I don't care how long it is. I don't care what it is. I want this life. I know, because we become different people. Absolutely. Totally sure. different people. Well, and, you know, we, we interviewed the, the chair of philosophy at Yale who really opened our eyes to a, uh, to a lot of different ways of thinking, as you can imagine. And one of the things she pointed out is that almost all information we're given from the world is ambiguous information. Yes. We assign meaning to things, and we, you know, we tend to do that automatically. We're not saying, here's ambiguous information, 
how do I want to assign meaning? It, it happens very naturally. And this young woman, Gloria, got information, you have stage four colon cancer, that I assume we would all agree is terrible information. But what she demonstrates beautifully is, well, it's only that way because you've assigned that meaning. And yes. as a culture, and for good reason, you know, it's not, not random. You would think, well, that comes with a lot of pain and suffering, and, you know, uh, it could very well lead to, to death. But Gloria chose to assign a different meaning. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if you can do that in this extreme situation, then yes, get the funk out. You know, there are situations every day that happen to us that are not as seemingly devastating, and we get to assign meaning. Right. And um, what, an, what an incredible reminder that she has provided for us. Well, it's, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to go through this crazy time, this storm, to and then find your way out to think, wow, I, I am a totally different person. That was probably the best thing that happened to me, even though at the time I thought it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's often the case. I mean, we often find that with the people who have gone through the most heart-wrenching experiences is, you know, it's, it's all about how you navigate that experience. And like Nicholas was saying, it's all about how you frame that experience in your mind. Right. And if you, if you frame it right and you navigate it to a place of positivity, to a place of happiness, mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those experiences that you're going to say, I would never be the person I am today without that experience, and I'm so happy I had that experience. Yes, it was painful, but you know that's life. That's living. That's kind of the... You know, I always like to like to view life as like a you know there's this bar of experience that's like you know you you have the median line that's you know this is where this is normal this is nothing nothing exciting happens nothing horrible happens and the farther you go up into exciting and the farther you go down into horrible you know you you kind of create this wider bandwidth right. and. You know, but it's all about navigating that bandwidth as well, and you want to take, you know, those things, and and as long as you can navigate that to bring yourself back up, then that, those experiences become richer and more valuable, and that's when you get the most out of life. This has been an incredibly moving film. I'm, I can't even imagine what it was like making it and researching it. How long was the whole process? The whole process... <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I, I can imagine. It must take a long time. I was born time. in... Uh, no. Um, yeah. You know, the whole process really... Uh, the, the inception for the idea came about somewhere in 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. but it kind of was just milling around in my head of like, hey, you know, I have this idea. What do you think? And right. I, you know, had some conversations. But it really got going at the end of 2011 when basically, and this is, this is what I always, Nicholas always says to me about this project, too. He's like, you know, one of the greatest things I learned about this from you is you just got to do it. Right. And it was at the end of 2011 when I said, you know what, I got to stop talking about this idea and I got to start doing it. Well, let me interrupt and, for a second. Excuse me. Was it yeah. also one of those things where you're thinking, can I really make a film out of this? Or is this just like an oh, idea? Uh, yeah, because we all get that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know. I'm like, I, I didn't. The thing about making a film is sometimes you come up with a great concept that's just like, oh, yeah, this is phenomenal. All I got to go do is capture it. Yeah. And, or, you know, and then it's, and then it's kind of makes itself. Yes. This was one of those movies where it's like, 
I have this, you know, fragment of an idea. I'm going to just go capture a whole bunch of stuff. I have no idea if it's going to amount to anything at all, if it's going to be worthy. I have no idea if anybody's going to care or anybody's going to be interesting or interested. And that was where I, you know, that was when I just decided, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to go start capturing stuff and see how it all comes together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where, you know, Nicholas came in. He was working for me, uh, you know, in my production company. And he was just like, yeah, let's go do it. I'll help you out. Sure, well, let's go do an interview. Let's go do an interview. Right. And as these things started to come together, Gloria, the, the woman we mentioned earlier, was one of the very first interviews we did. And Nicholas had a profound experience during that interview. That And Gloria was somebody that I knew very well because I'd known her for years, but Nicholas had never met her before. And his experience really defined this project for me. And it was what that moment when he told me his experience, which I'll let him share with you, that was the moment when I was like, this is going to work. This is going to work. And Nicholas, tell her what happened during that. You know, it was it was two things. It was it was the fact that we don't you know we only spent two hours with her hanging out at, at her house and talking. And um, I guess what it was for me is she didn't teach me anything. It wasn't well. I've never thought this before. I've never thought we get to choose. Either you could say we choose to be happy, we choose right. to assign meaning, or we choose how to react to something. That was not a new concept to me, but it was so impactful to hear this young woman who was. You know, she calls herself a hip-hop DJ vegan lawyer. She's so not who wow. you'd expect her to be. She's young and goofy, but she's, you know, a very successful lawyer, and suddenly she's battling cancer, and she started this foundation. She's just this incredible character. And we left her house, and I just, for weeks, she was all I could talk about. And oh again, two hours That's with amazing. someone. And, she, you know, she will forever be someone in my life, you know. Mm. And... And for me, it was, ah, this movie can work because Mm -hmm. we are not going to necessarily teach people new things, but we are going to give them really impactful experiences because we are going to find really impactful people. Now, unfortunately, we have to wrap up, but I just want to share with the listeners, we have been talking with Adam Schell and Nicholas Kraft. Can you just throw out a website for people to find out more about your film? Yeah, we have... uh, we have a pursuinghappiness.com, okay. and that's uh, we've got a lot of content up there, stuff okay. we've made over the course of this, and uh, all the information about the film and where you can see it. Um, and we're screening this week at the Newport Beach Tuesday. Film Festival. Correct. We'll be screening tomorrow at one thirty at the Island Cinemas. Fantastic. Um, and then this coming weekend, we'll also be screening up in Sacramento at the Sacramento Film Festival. And all that information is on our website, again, at pursuinghappiness.com. Great. I want to thank you so much for calling in. This is such a great project you did, and uh, more and more people should see thank it. Thank you. It was great chatting Thank you so much. appreciate that. Okay. If you missed any part of today's Take show, care. it'll be on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. All right, up next, we're going to talk to Sean Modica, the lead actor in All in Time. Hang tight. 